This is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? These extra time games are starting to take time off my life. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of Candy Ass Report. We hope you guys have had a good week. And, Sam, we've had a lot of extra time of hockey. Uh, that was part of your one-liner there at the beginning. And are you, is everything okay from that? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's stressful. Those overtime games get stressful, um, especially when it goes into a shootout. Those are always interesting. I was at the, the Caps one with a Capitals fan, so glad we won. Um, but those games can be pretty intense. Oh, yes, they can. It, it puts me in prayer position in front of TV. I'm sure you saw that during a Tampa yes. game. And so we'll be recovering, uh, covering a few games here, the Washington, Tampa, Buffalo, and the Toronto game. But before we want to get to that, uh, last week for, or actually, it, yeah, it was the Buffalo game, uh, we did our first regular season giveaway, and boy, that was a huge success. Over 300 of you guys have participated in our giveaway. Sam, that was a huge, huge turnaround, and we just want to thank you, listeners, for participating in the giveaway. Yeah, that was um, that was cool to see everybody participate, and for those who didn't get it this time, we're going to do it again next month. We're going to try and do this every month, pretty close to it, um, because, you know, it's fun to get more people to hockey games, especially if you don't get to go too often. We've got season tickets, and so we're not going to go every game. So we like to try and help you guys out um, and get you to games. Um, just remember, it'll be the same rules next time. And feel free to uh, um, to participate when we do it again. So if you didn't win this time, you got a chance next time. Yes, and uh, we want to congratulate at AliRD842. She won the tickets. It looks like she had a great night, especially that was the night when Aho had his hat trick. Great game. Even though uh, we will we'll eventually get to that, I didn't watch the game fully. I was only able to watch the third period of that game. But I'm glad to see people having a good time uh, because of our giveaways and all that type of stuff. So let's get to the games. And uh, the first game we will get to is Washington at Carolina. Uh for the first period, uh, Nason scores from a tip from Burns and Natchez on the power play. Very good. This is a good power play goal. And I thought we were pretty dominant that first whole first period. Yeah, I thought so, too. I honestly thought Carolina, in, the, in, the, in those three games that went into extra time, I think they were the better team. I think Carolina was better than Washington. I think Carolina was better than Tampa. And I think Carolina was better than, um, I think, the game before Philly, in Philly. I think Carolina was better than, oh, eh, maybe not better than Philadelphia. But in these two games specifically, Carolina and, uh, and Washington and then Carolina and Tampa, I thought Carolina was the superior team by a large margin. Um, and it just happened to go to extra sessions. But yes, the power play looked very good. I think over the last week, the power play has gotten better. I think the penalty kill got better against Buffalo. Yes, it did. But the penalty kill, definitely the area of the special teams that needs to work. The power play starting to look like it's clicking. We're seeing players on their offsides. That's, I think, very important. You need some options for the one-timers. You always put Ajo in the bumper, but you want Natchez and Svetch able to take one-timers like Ovechkin does. That's why he gets all the goals that he gets. Um, and, but this one was a tip. So, you know, I mean, but it's from a bomb from Burns. So, you know, that's kind of what that's what the Carolina power play should be, right? It should be Burns at the point ready to take a bomb if he's got the lane and presence, net presence out in front, and then you want to possibly try and get the puck over quickly to Svetch or Natchez to take a one-timer and try and beat the goalie. 
Um, and you want someone uh, to have the pedigree like Burns to yeah. quarterback the power play and to make those good decisions. And he obviously made a very great decision at shooting the puck and getting the tips from Nason. I'm telling you, I have loved Nason's game uh, as a not. I, I think he's been playing as a top nine player. To be honest, he's not playing like a fourth liner. He's playing very well. Um, he's a speedy guy, which is what I like, and there's a tenacity to his game that I really like. Yeah, for sure. And uh, in the second period and the Washington game, this was when the ice tilted a little bit. To a Strome degree. scores, and then Ovechkin scores. I think that was on the power play uh, because I remember. You were like, step on. Where are you at? So but. I was at. So <laughs> I was at this game with um, my friend who is a Caps fan, and even at the end of the first period, he was he was embarrassed that Washington's playing like absolute crap. And then they got a goal from Strom, and then the way went to the power play, and it was a train wreck waiting to happen because you saw Derek Stepan guarding Ovechkin because you know the puck's going to come to him for the one time or always does, always does. And then all of a sudden, I see Stepan skating away. And I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going? It was literally slow motion. Stepan goes away from Ovechkin. Puck goes to Ovechkin. I'm like, look, just put Stepan next to Ovechkin. Take your chances with all other people on the ice. Ovechkin's going to do the same thing every game. All of a sudden, Ovechkin gets the puck with a one-timer and scores. And I was like, oh, dear God. What were you doing, Stepan? You skated away from him. There was no reason for him to skate away from him. If you watch the play develop, it's just like, Ugh! you can't believe it. So, I was also, frustrating. Yeah, I know. And I also, I mean, I'm not going to blame everything on Stepan. I think Anderson, when he is on his game, I think he can stop. Now, we have he hasn't played his best for some time. We hope we, he can get into a groove. But I think Anderson, when he's on his game, he can stop a shot from Ovechkin. Um, and also, with Derek Stepan, I mean, he's in between the power play quarterback for Washington and Ovechkin. And if they had John Carlson, because they did not have John Carlson during that game, I can a little bit understand it. He's, a, he's the be- their best power play quarterback. But Ovechkin is clearly the best player. On that power play, you had to be guarding him at, on all, at all costs. If John Carlson was quarterbacking, then Stepan might be going from one to the other. Yeah. That might be a little bit more difficult for Stepan. But I, I do agree with you in this fact that he, you really need to keep your eyes on oven chicken. Yes. <laughs> That's what I like to call him sometimes, is oven chicken. But... I mean, it is what it is. Washington's up 2-1, to one, but then Svechnikov um, finds uh, the loose puck. He is given an empty net, and he buries it in to tie the game. And then third period, nothing. Nothing really Carolina happened. played really well. I mean, they probably should have scored. Don't want to take this game into regulation time, because I think Washington got a power play, and Washington didn't do anything on it, and then Carolina had all of the momentum in the last like two minutes of that game and they were pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and overtime was 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 cardio i mean there wasn't a lot of really great opportunities and there may both teams may have had like one or two but i i i believe we had didn't we have a power play against washington in the overtime because i think we did Yes, we did, and it, it it looked fine. I mean, we got some shots. Uh, their goalie was a fantastic. So, yes, and that's a. I mean, you know, that's just how it happens sometimes. We need. I think we should address this power play when it comes to the other team having only three players as a problem. You should score. You need to score four on three. You need to score. I believe this happened. Um, Against, was it Tampa too? I, I can't remember if we had a power play in the overtime against Tampa. Yeah, I mean. But it, it's, you got to be better. Yes. You have we to. We have a power play in the overtime. You have to score. 
Because sometimes it's going to come back to bite you. And that's just reality. I mean, this game did not, and it did not against Tampa Bay, as we'll talk about. But on occasions, it will. It'll come back to bite you and to haunt you. And usually, if you don't score on those, you lose. But it's worked out because we go to the shootout, and we have Burns with an absolutely gorgeous move on Kemper. Buries it. Um, Kuznetsov, of course, comes down and does his thing. So... Well, if you remember that goal, that was probably the slowest, yeah, slowest goal in a shootout that I have seen against us, because Kuznetsov was just slowly coming in, tiptoeing the puck around Anderson, then he just does it back then. Which is funny, because I always thought shootouts kind of relies on speed, but, I mean, Kuznetsov, he, he was able to go against... Um, that thought there. Yeah, he but, had a good goal, and then Svechnikov ends and calls games. So. I was really happy for Svech, and you know what? He is two for two this season. Yeah, in the shootout. And what was great too is Freddie. Freddie stood tall in the in the shootout too because he only let in one. So Freddie did very very well in the shootout, stopping uh, Ovechkin in the shootout too. Ovechkin's not the greatest in the shootout, but that's still a goal scorer, and you stopped him. So yes. that's important. Now let's get on to the uh, Carolina-Tampa game. Um, first period, I thought Carolina was actually very good in the first period. Um, Jarvis scores from Stasny. It was a nice tip assist to Jarvis, who uh, finds the goal. And what I noticed from Tampa, because they did not have Hedman out there, you could tell there's a difference when they don't have Hedman on the ice. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, their next best defenseman, I mean, I think everybody would agree, is Mikhail Sergachev. Yep. But Hedman just brings so much. I mean, he's just the backbone for Tampa on that blue line. I could tell that they missed him on that blue line because Tampa, during that game, for me, they had some defensive struggles. And I don't think Vasilevsky played. I mean, he played. he played very good. Obviously, I mean, this was a game where we had only fi- over 50 shots on net for this guy. But um, I think there's a couple of pucks that Vasilevsky could have saved. Uh, but Jarvis, that was a great goal by him. And then in the second period, this is when we had interesting... Penalties made. Uh, Chatfield had a four-minute penalty. I didn't really agree with that. If you yeah, remember that, yeah, no, it was. I think officiating has been a little bit iffy of late, but yeah, it, I guess it is what it is at this point. Um, I don't know what else you can do. I don't understand it. But I just. <laughs> it was a good defensive play by Chatfield, yeah. and they called that a trip. I just didn't get that. And then after that play, when the play was dead, it was Tampa that actually started that scrummish, which somehow Chatfield got an extra two for, I think it was. Um, it was high stick. High stick, yes. That was stupid. I. I I mean, okay, with the tripping penalty, okay, maybe. I didn't like it because I thought it was more of a defensive play. But where did you get the high stick from in that scrummage which Tampa started? I didn't get that. Yeah, no, like I said, officiating I think has been a bit iffy with with the Hurricanes of late. I think the game against Buffalo was not horribly officiated. I felt the Washington game was not the best. Also, I think that was bad, too. But that was also the first time Carolina got embellishment called on the other team. And, I mean, I can say that when they called embellishment on us against the Cat when we were playing the Caps, I lost it because I'm just sick of that call. It's always on us. So, um, you know... But, yeah, I thought the officiating in Tampa Bay was pretty rough. Um, I think that was the game, too, where they called Martinook. Which is funny, if you watch the replay, he actually didn't cross-check him. But he did tap well, him where the 
where he shouldn't have tapped him with his dick, which is kind of funny. But Col- I mean, yeah, the, he went down. Ross Colton. I mean, he went down so easily; it wasn't even funny. Yeah, Colton. Well, we'll get to it. I mean, speaking of Colton, though, I mean, he scores for Tampa on the power play. Um, I thought that was well. No, it's the next goal, but. I mean, we kind of saw that power play coming because it was during the four-minute penalty of Trashfield. Yeah. I mean, we saw it coming. Now, there was a disallowed goal. I I will give props to the officials. That was a kick emotion. Yeah. I do think it was. Um, but Tampa eventually scores with Colton on the power play. And then you have um, Nick Paul tapping the puck in from a pass to... Uh, to him uh, that went through Anderson's fireball. I did not think that was a good goal on Anderson. Um, I know we tweeted about this being like, well, it got deflected in by Paul, but to me, after looking at it, Anderson needs to stop it because of its fireball is coming from not so good of an angle. Anderson needs to have that. Yes. Um, and one, one thing I've noticed is that the guy that was on Nick Paul was Chatfield. Chatfield needs to do better at blocking him out. I did not think Chatfield had a good game. I think Chatfield has had a rough few games, but I think with DeHaan back there, I think it's been a little bit better once DeHaan got healthy. Yes, and I tweet about this. When DeHaan got healthy, I think he stabilizes that third pair. Yeah, and well. I think he has. I mean, I think there's still been some some issues with Chatfield, but I think DeHaan brings a stability, like you said, to that third pairing defenseman, defensive pair, which I think helps. Yeah, and what I like about Chatfield is that even if he does make a mistake, he realizes it and he tries to erase it. Now, the Stampa game, I thought this was the worst game from Chatfield, but I, I thought he rebounded from what I've seen in the Buffalo game, which we'll get to. So um, Tampa's up two to one against Carolina, and but Carolina scores from Natchez. He's been hot. Yeah, he has been on fire this past month. If we had did three stars of the month, Natchez would be my first star. Yeah, Natchez, Aho, Svechnikov. That's those three. <laughs> those have been the best player. I'm actually going to advocate for something because I feel, but I think Teravainen's gotten better. So I think before the. Buffalo game, I would have been saying, even honestly, even now, I would still say, I believe that the Carolina Lions should flip-flop Kokanyemi and Ajo. Only because really? in this Buffalo game, oh my goodness, Ajo and Svechnikov and Natchez have such great chemistry. I mean, the pass to Natchez from Ajo, I mean, just that, that line when they were on the ice for that brief period of time, they may have been at the end of a power play or something, but they were out together. That looked so good. I just, I would love to see Ajo center that line i think that would be interesting for a game see what happens i think that's not a bad idea i think kk can second a second line with jarvis as well so you would have aho netris and svetch which means the second line would be kk teravinen and jarvis right yeah it's interesting yeah i would flip-flop the centers i think that would be interesting I wouldn't do that mainly because I I think when it comes to your first two lines you need to have like a one A one B punch, but I understand why you would say that. And uh, going back to the Tampa game, uh, it's Kucherov that scores on a that I believe that was a five on three as well. So a penalty kill was not good for Carolina in this game. Uh, five on three, and this was actually after th- the um, cross check on Chaffield, which to me was more of a shove than an actual cross check. As Colton really dived on that, and then you had the tap from Martinuk. Um, I, I I couldn't remember where the tap was on on Colton, but Colton, I mean. I thought, to me, that was a little, a little bit of a dive, too. But also, I mean, Martinuk, you can't be doing that. You can't just tap. You can't do that. That's a discipline problem. Martinuk needs to be better. And Martinuk has been pretty fiery during that Tampa game. 
especially with Colton. Yeah, well, I mean, Colton cheap shot at him in the head. So yes, don't bl- I don't really blame Martin Nook for wanting to do what he did. So it was a dirty hit. No, oh, it was, but not I, saying it excuses what Martin Nook did. Yes. I'm saying I don't. I don't blame him. I don't. I, I, I'm not mad at why he did it. I would probably want to do it too. <laughs> I'm. I think everybody would be um, a little bit fired up after taking a huge hit from any player if yeah. they're on, on a hockey team like that. So we get into the third period. Tampa's up three to two, and then Carolina on the PK. This is a shorthanded opportunity. Uh, Shea gets a pass from Aho, and he fires it and ties the game shorthanded. I was really impressed that this was shorthanded because we knew Tampa's power play is very good and very lethal. Very happy that we tied the game there. Yeah, for sure. It was needed. Um, this was a game that I was obviously just nerve-wracking, right? So it was a must-tie. Yes, it was. And we deserved it, too, because I thought we were mostly the better team throughout the whole game. Again, we had over 50 shots in the whole game. And an interesting stat, too, on that third period, I believe it was a third period. I I can't remember. But it was a while. I think six minutes into it, Tampa didn't even have a shot attempt. I mean, so we that, were really doing well in that third period, trying to tie the game. That's our, I mean, that's also our MO, right? Carolina is a shot suppression team, too. We take a lot of shots and we suppress a lot of shots. Yes. It, I mean, we had a lot of shots in that Tampa game, but um, it's not like what we were a few s- s- years ago where we just took shots willy-nilly yep. from everywhere. They're a little bit more precise. And another thing about this Tampa game, too, we had a lot of opportunities, I thought, to extend the lead. Yes. Faust missed an open net. Um, I, Svetch was another player who missed an open net. Now, to me, the good thing is that they are getting these chances. If they weren't, to me, that's when I'd be concerned. But they're getting these chances. I think sooner or later, when they have opportunities like these, they will get behind the net. They just need to keep fighting for those chances. Yes, completely agree. If they keep doing that, they're going to keep getting chances. They're going to keep moving forward. They're going to keep looking really, really good. Yes. And then, over time... Nothing transpires in overtime. And then in the shootout, this was when you and I had, in the back of our minds, Tampa's probably going to win this. Because Vasilevsky has been better than Anderson this game. Mm -hmm. And we knew that, we kind of knew what was going to happen, but Carolina proved themselves. Uh, obviously, Tampa scores first on the shootout with Colton. Yep. Colton was the arch nemesis for us that game. He really was. But the Finns produced in that shootout with Tara Vine and scoring. Yep. A very nice goal. And then when Ajo came up, I, I thought we were going to be done for because he's not been good in the shootouts. Yeah. Yeah. And Vasilevsky is so good. That stunned me. He was able to juke Vasilevsky and put it right behind his p- pads and scored. Great, great finish uh, yeah. to a game that we deserve to win. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that was a game we deserved to win. It was good to see them pull it off. Uh, even though I've got Vasilevsky in a fantasy hockey than I'm in, but you know, it's fine. You still um, got points. He, he, okay, he had like over 50 shots on him. Okay, oh, yeah, I'm sure no, you got I, points. I ended the with, a lot, with quite a few points. <laughs> Thank you, Carolina Hurricanes, for peppering the man. But uh, yeah, no, Terravine and Aho. I, I feel as though this game was that turning point for Terravine because he looked yes, good. Yes, it was. And the next game in Buffalo, right? He looked very, very good. I mean, he got another assist in the Buffalo game. On yes. The second on the first Hurricanes goal from uh, Teravainen with a good pass from you know to Aho to score. Um, 
obviously it kind of sucked in this Buffalo game transitioning to talk about the Buffalo game that uh, Byron scores or Brian Bryson scores Bryson. with um, yeah. less than a minute in. That's always hard to do. And, yeah. from, and from what I've heard is that Buffalo kind of had us during the first 10 minutes of that game. But then we came back because this team is known for its resiliency. Yeah. They never give up. And if you listen to what Adam Gold had to say about this game, he thought Ronta played really bad in that first period. So um, I think after the first, one, it was all, pretty much all Carolina, and Ronta was fantastic. So I tend to think that Ronta has been the better of the two. Yes. Both goalies seem to let in a bad goal a game. I'm hoping tonight, because you and I are going tonight, and we'll talk about that game afterwards, but you and I are going tonight to see Toronto in Carolina. Their Hurricanes are wearing their new reverse retro, laziest jersey in the NHL. Um, You're really opinionated on that jersey, aren't you? I really wanted to see them bring back the old blacks and make them white. I did. I really wanted to see the old ones again. I love That was my favorite jersey of the team. I could have done it at half the cost and just turned our away jersey red. Come on, man. I mean, don't be lazy on this kind of stuff. Um, either way, we get to see them on the ice. Maybe I might have a different opinion of them once I see them on the ice. Maybe, yeah, they'll, look, maybe. maybe they'll look better than, uh, than what I've seen otherwise. I doubt it, but you never know. I'm willing to, to be op- open-minded on what I see them on the ice today. But I'm hoping today... Freddie plays against his former team. Would love to see Freddie Anderson have a game today. Right? I would love to see him have a really good game where he does not give up a leaky goal, where he does not give up something poor, a bad rebound, bad something. Because so far, all the goalies have in almost every game, they've let in a bad one. Yeah, both both Aranta and Anderson have let in soft goals. The difference is... Ranta builds up a game after letting that in. Now, I, I we could save this we could possibly say the same for Anderson, but in terms of the degree of how much they turn it up, I think Ranta turns it up a bit more than Anderson does. Yes. So that's why I think Ranta's been the better of the two goalies. Yep. I think that's reasonable, um, and I would like. I'm really hoping that we put. I would. I. I think today you have to start Anderson. One, it's against his former team, and I think this would be the game in which he would play better. So, I think that's necessary. I think you have to, and I think uh, some for some reason you you know you're you're right. Um, Ronta builds a game a little bit more, I think, than Anderson does. When Anderson's shaky, he seems kind of shaky throughout the whole game, but he'll still have spurts of good moments. So he's just not consistent through the game. Anders Ronta lets in a bad goal. It's usually the first goal, bad, moves on, and he's fantastic. San Jose being a prime example, let in a bad goal. He was lights out the rest of the game. Yes. This game against Buffalo lets in a bad goal. He lets in a couple, honestly. But then he is lights out the rest of the game. Carolina takes over on offense and just punishes the Buffalo Sabres, right? Because you have the first period where Carolina's fortunate gets out of the period tied to two. And then after that, Carolina just takes over the game. Um, the second period, you have uh, the Natchez from Ajo. That was the, that was the play I'm talking about. That is, that is the play, the reason why I want Ajo playing with Natchez. That is the reason. move and passes it to Natchez, and he just buries it. Yeah, what was and then the was it Bujagras the the announcer for ESPN or Hulu? Oh uh, yes, he says uh, what Marty. Marty Marty, one man party. Yeah, Marty Marty, one man party, and that was a that was actually pretty good. good I'll call. give props to him on that. That yeah, was a good call from Buchagross there. Um, I liked the, the 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 I liked the the broadcast team. I didn't really care for the intermissions. They only talked about Buffalo, but um, I thought he was a good. I thought it was good. So it was good to see a good call from a national broadcast game. And Carolina won a national broadcast game. Like, oh my gosh. We can do it. <laughs> and now they're playing on national TV again. Oh, so we're going to lose tonight. So, you know, we're going to lose Okay. <laughs> you always need to have hope. At least 
What well, I see, call if, cautious, if, if I'm, cautious optimism. If I'm pessimistic about the game, I can go today. And if we lose, I'm not going to be as upset as like you who are going to go into this game thinking we're going to win because we're playing against a third string goalie. But we know we're going to make that goaltender look like he's the Vezina Trophy winner. Yeah. So we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens with that Toronto game. But yeah, Carolina's up three to two against Buffalo, end of the second period, and then third period. This is when I caught the game. They were just dominant mm-hmm. throughout the whole entire game. Now, I thought Buffalo had spurts. Yeah. I still think Buffalo is a pretty good team. Yes. They had spurts, but Carolina, a player, she scores his first goal of the season with us. I hope he gets going from this game. Is Cockneyami from Natchez and Svetch. So that whole second line does great. And one thing to me that was a huge factor in this game uh, when I saw the stats and all that stuff was the faceoffs. We won a lot of faceoffs uh, in this game against Buffalo, which is good. I think we have very good offense, um, have faceoff people. So. It's really nice to see the Hurricanes winning those face-offs. And that was right off of a face-off. KK wins it. Um, A couple of passes from Natchez and Svesh, and KK kind of tips it into the open net. Very, very happy to see that. And then on an open net, Ajo gets a hat trick from Tara Vinan and Jarvis. What's funny... I saw hats being thrown onto the ice before he even scored the empty net goal when, right when he had got the puck, which was funny. Yeah, no, that's kind of funny. Uh, but good for Aho, man, getting that hat trick. Um, <sighs> he needed a game like that. Yes, I really think that's good. I think he needed that kind of a game. He earned that kind of a game. It was a must win. I mean, must, must. I, I think that's good for Ajo's confidence. I think it's good for Coach Kinyami, who had a goal. I think it's good for Tara Vinan, who had an assist, and that line looked good. I think Carolina looked very good up and down the lineup that night. Yes, they did. And I think for the sake of the whole team, they needed an offensive type of game like this. Because most of the game so far has been mostly about one goal. And yeah. needing extra overtime, but they win five to two. They did not need overtime. Thank the Lord to my peer pressure, because that well, not peer pressure, but my blood pressure. Blood pressure. Yeah. Sorry about that. But I was so ha- so happy we were able to win this in regulation. I remember I was watching the third period with my dad. Um, I told him, "Lord, help me if this goes into <laughs> another shootout." Yeah. I mean, one of the funny things about this game too, after Aho scored, is you saw like Stall and Jarvis on the on the on the bench, kind of just bobbing their head when they're saying "Ah." Oh, yes, I was about hey, to mention that. That was oh. so funny. Yeah, that was good. I thought that was really enjoyable. Um, I mean, I I can. Ex- what's funny is I can expect that from Jarvis because you can tell Jarvis was really into it. He was like smiling while doing that but what's so funny is you have stall he's kind of like the father the mentor of this group and he's just kind of like oh (laughs) this is fun yeah that was good that was fun of him to um to talk about um you ready for the game today i am i am really excited um one thing too uh about this buffalo game that we should not let happen toronto game is not to let the other team score with point one tenth of a second. Oh, I felt so sorry for Ron. I did too. He was so mad, and I would be too. Well, you know, what? I like seeing that. I like seeing that from a lot of these players because it shows that Dahan really... was mad too. Yeah, Dahan was. I I forgot about that, but it's really nice seeing these players express their passion. Yeah, because I'm sure uh, you Canes fans listening to this who have been through the dark ages, as, <laughs> I, as I would like to call them. We didn't really have a lot of players um, expressing those passions. Yeah. Uh, to me, the only player that did that was Cam Ward. Yeah, uh, Cam Ward, he, he, he expressed his passions a little bit. Um, I might have thought a couple of those were a little bit over the top because he sometimes uses his glove to smack the other player at times, but... 
I, it's nice seeing that. And you need players to express those and, and have those passions of winning the game. Yep. That's why I was never a fan of a player like Victor Rask. Because I never thought he got into it. Yeah, And same thing a little bit for Semin, even though Semin had so much skill. So much skill. He just didn't really look like he cared. Yeah. So it's nice seeing that Brendan Moore and Waddell, I would say both, are getting players with very good character. Absolutely. And very good, strong passion for the game. For sure. And I think that's important. Um, so I guess now we're ready to go to see the, the Carolina Hurricanes take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. We will be right back. So we just finished uh, the Toronto game, and Boo. it was a little—it <laughs> was a little disappointing. Uh, one thing I want to touch on, and it has been concern ever since the start of the season, and I think we can officially label it as a problem, and that is the goaltending. Yeah, another soft goal by Anderson um, on the. Th- Third, yeah, Toronto goal. So the final was three to one. Toronto won. Carolina was really the better team for the first, probably good chunk. All of the first, they were they dominated Toronto. Most of the second, they were better, and Toronto was good. The last eight minutes of the second, five eight minutes, five minutes, something like that, where they tied it. And I'm like, okay, and I leaned over to you, and I said, okay, this is kind of where I think Toronto is going to start to take over. You know, Carolina's just not been good after they've allowed a late period goal, which they did. And I don't blame Anderson for for that goal. It's a good shot. I don't blame him for the first two goals, I don't but either. that third goal was really—you gotta have that. And your yeah. offense has a little bit dried up. Thing is, though, first period we were great. Power uh, play looked good. Power play looked great. Nason scored. I mean, it was. I mean, we had. Some fortunate bounces. I mean, Svetch kind of uh, hit the puck wide, but Nathan was able to recover on that. Yeah. And, I mean, our power play looked good in the second period, too. We didn't score, but it looked good. Like, our power play... The first unit played great. The second unit needs to get going. But our power play looked good. Penalty kill was really good. Um, Didn't have a lot of looks, uh, thank goodness, though. Yeah. Uh, Only one penalty for the Canes. That's good. Yeah, it was a let them play kind of game. And I think that's, that's, I I prefer those. You know, I mean, I didn't really think there was anything egregious missed for either side. I thought it was a pretty clean game. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the power play looked good. Penalty kill looked good. And I think Carolina needed a good penalty kill. So you can take some good away from this game. Carolina had a lot of really good looks on the power play. Carolina's penalty kill looked very good. Um, but, you know, even with Anderson letting in the last goal, now I'll be honest with everyone listening too. I defended Scott Darling until almost the moment he left. It takes a lot for me to turn on a goaltender because I used to play goalie. So I have a soft spot for goaltenders. I love Cam Ward. I loved Justin Peters. I loved Anton Hudobin. I loved Eddie Lack. I love Manny Legacy. I loved every goaltender who's played for the Carolina Hurricanes. And I defended them even when they were bad. And Scott Darling was bad. And I'm going to still defend Freddie Anderson. I, I think it's concerning. I think I'm not happy with him allowing a goal, but... It's hard for me to believe that Anderson and Ronta aren't going to get it together after last season, right? Because they looked so good. So I can't, I can't believe that they're going to be incapable of turning it around. So I think how I've looked at the season so far, it's kind of been like an inverse, right, of what has been the last few years, where Carolina is just hot to start the season. Offense is smoldering. Penalty kills fantastic. The power play is even good, and our goaltending is elite. And then we get toward, you know, we turn the calendar year to January, and then Carolina kind of comes back down to earth. Maybe this is the inverse of those where Carolina is down to earth for these first few months, and then maybe they turn it on in the next couple in the last half of the year, which is where they need to turn it on, right? So is this goaltending a concern? Sure. Am I ready to say that it's like a problem, like serious problem that we need to be concerned about for the playoffs? I probably won't be there until January, February, if this is just still a thing 
well, we're winning games because of the offense and outscoring our problems. And I think that's a problem, especially when you have look at teams like Toronto and Edmonton. Those are the two, and we play Toronto tonight, but those are the two teams that tend to do their issue. What do, what do they do tonight? They outscored their problem, which their problem is honestly in goal. And Carolina did what Carolina does best, make a goaltender who's awful look good. And we did that again tonight. Um, we didn't really give him a lot of our good chances weren't on net, so you can't give him a lot of credit. But he's still he was fine. Yes, uh, the only good thing that came out of this game was us getting the uh, care package. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, for the season ticket holder. Yeah, we'll open that. Uh, um, What's funny is to me going into the season, this was after the Pacioretty injury. Is I thought the goaltending was going to be fantastic, just like it was last season, and I thought our offense was going to be a little flat. And tonight our offense was, uh, even though they had some good looks, um, I didn't think they played their best a game. It, so it's definitely, to me, taken a little bit by surprise with the two goalies not playing as good. Um, you're a little bit more generous than I am right now with the goaltending. I have a soft spot for goalies. I mean, having put the pads on myself, I never really played in college, but I mean... I almost started, but I'd had two knee surgeries, so that just it just didn't materialize. But I was the backup to start the season, but I just couldn't get into the proper shape that I needed to. Um, so I know the position. You know, I know it's hard. Even though I never played pro, I never really got to play in college. I knew it just was. It's a tough position to play, and especially and and I mentioned the surgeries that I've had on my knees because if you. Because Anderson was hurt, and I think it was a knee injury. But it's so hard to come back from an injury and be a hundred percent. So I, I just I want to give him time to really get into this. And I and I and I think the right move right now would be to start Ronta. I do. I think Ronta has been better of the two. I think Ronta I would lets, start Ronta um, Wednesday against Florida. and i think that's probably the plan is you do ronta anderson i think you do that anyway because it's a back-to-back so either freddie goes friday or wednesday and then ronta thursday so you know that's going to be the direction that that goes but you know edmonton's better than florida right now so yeah. i would think I, well, then in that case i would probably go with freddie again i let freddie take the reins yeah, against florida sure. and then go with ronta at home um mainly because i think you need to build freddie's confidence so to start him wednesday would be good. Give him two starts in a row, I think, would be good for him. Yes. And, I mean, you mentioned the injuries thing. Both of them have had injuries last season. And to me, that's a little bit of another factor when it comes to these goalies. And it's not just goalies, it's players, too. Yep. And the fact that we have seen, after an injury has taken place to a player, it can change their career. And I just don't want that for Anderson and Ronta. We've seen that um, with Trevor Van Riemsdyk being one of them for us and um, a couple of other players. But it's it's just frustrating right now, obviously, as a Canes fan, because of the soft goals being let in almost on a nightly basis. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, it stinks, but... At the end of the day, I mean, I mentioned, you know, it might be time for Caroline to explore the goalie market. Um, you, if I think that's what any team should do if the goaltending looks shaky and you're a playoff team. You should always be open to if it makes your team better, you do it. I just, I don't know. I don't know what's an upgrade, to be honest. Because right now, with the, I think what the league is experiencing right now is a shortage of starting goalies. Yeah, and I just, I don't think there's anything available per se. I think the best option available, because I've heard before that they've, they've wanted to move him because of the contract is Bobrovsky. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a high, it's a, it is a hefty contract. It's nine million, I believe. So you would have to move both Freddie and Ranta, and at that point go with Bobrovsky and Kochetkov. So that would be your option there. But I don't think that's the direction they're going to go because I don't see Carolina taking on a goalie with that contract. Um, so 
Yeah, there just isn't many options available. I mean, could Kochetkov come up and start a game in the coming weeks if this continues? I think that's possible. He's looked decent. I looked at his stats today during the game. He has a 9-11 save percentage, so that's decent. Yeah, I mean, do I think, like I said, if he starts, it's because... One, Ronta got banged up in the Zapers game, which I think he did. Um, but he looked good after the, even after he got jostled. So um, do I think this is a problem right now? Probably. Do I think it'll resolve itself? I think those are the... I think that's your probably... That those are, that's probably what's going to happen is they'll play fine or Kochetkov comes up and just shines. So I, I think if this continues over the next week or two, I think you call recall Kochetkov for a game. And and just see how he does. It's it's an experiment. I think that'd be a good move before you look at the market possibly. Because you kinda know what the market is. Yeah. There's a shortage in starting goaltenders right now. Every team is wanting. And honestly this goal. is kind of the direction I would probably go. If you depending on how your goaltending does between now, which is December I'm sorry, November sixth to November twenty third against Arizona, if we are in unable to resolve it by that game, if goaltending looks shaky against Florida, Edmonton, Colorado, Chicago, this is a coming lineup, okay? This is a tough lineup. For flat back to back Florida Edmonton. Then you go to then you go to Colorado, and you take on the Avalanche. Then you go to Chicago. That should be a win. You should beat Chicago. Then you come home and play Colorado again. So, at least you get rid of the Avalanche early, right? And also rest in peace to the longtime broadcaster for Colorado who passed away from uh, cancer today as well. Oh yeah, that's terrible. Um, I think that was today, um, but I saw that at the game, and I was like, oh, that's just sad. Um, yeah, it was. Um, their uh their broadcaster so that's that's disappointing um to see that happen so um rest in peace to him and uh condolences to the family but we you know taking taking care of business against colorado early if you can win one of those games you're probably good uh, but then you play minnesota winnipeg then you have a nice easy game before thanksgiving against arizona i think if goaltending is a problem in all of these starts or most of these starts I think giving Kochetkov a game in Arizona to give the goaltenders a little bit longer of a Thanksgiving, maybe give Kochetkov Arizona Boston. Give them a little longer of a break, right? I don't think that's a bad move. Yeah, so we'll see how um, the schedule unfolds. Um, I like that you mentioned the upcoming schedule because this is the real test. Uh, We've mainly been playing against teams that haven't really been qualified as a playoff team yeah so to say so it's gonna be a tough schedule for the canes definitely so we'll see if gold tending can get better then i think those are going, are going to be the two goalies that we're going to ride for the rest of the season but again i just don't know let's say kachekov um doesn't work out I just don't know what you're going to get off the market. So, but we'll see. Uh, Let's end this podcast on a lighter note and uh, get to our 25th anniversary segment. You first. Me me first. You first. I was first last time. Um, I will go with the miracle finish uh, with UC Jokinen. Scoring point two tenths of a second in the 2009 playoff. Uh, to me, that is probably my m- most memorable, um, or to me, the best memory of the playoffs so far. I, I love the Washington series. But well, to be goal- fair, that, that, that memory was like right before we went on our, went into the, Decade from hell. The Dark Ages. <laughs> yeah, the I, dark I call ages. it the Dark Ages. <laughs> yeah, the Dark Ages, so... Yeah, yeah it... To me, I just love that memory so much. 2009 playoffs, that was a very special run. And just after the goal, I mean... I remember seeing Broder getting angry. Um, hitting his stick along the boards twice 
I mean, there was some controversy after that goal whether that there was interference or not. I, I mean, I thought the ruling on the ice was a good ruling. Incidental contact outside of the crease does allow for it to be a good goal. And if they had done replays, that would have been the same call. So a challenge, even a challenge, would have ruled it the same. Yes, but it was just awesome. And, I mean, for some time, that was actually the latest regulation win in overtime until I believe that was passed a couple years ago with point one tenths of a second. But I love that memory so much. Uh, what about you? Um, well, you know, I'm talking about goalies, so I'm going to talk about Cam Ward. Um, one of my favorite memories was when Cam Ward got his goal. That was... Uh, that was pretty cool um, because it was actually ruled, if I remember correctly, for Brandon Sutter. So they said Brandon Sutter was the last one to touch the puck. But after they looked through it, they realized it was not because it was actually, if I can remember correctly, Kovalchuk of the Devils put it in his own net when they had an empty net uh, power play chance, I believe. So the puck went into the net and they ruled it for Brandon Sutter. But after the game, they gave it to Cam Ward. And, you know, he's my favorite Hurricane player of all time. I'm sorry. I know everyone says it's Rod Brendamore. I love Cam Ward. Um, it was cool for him to get a goal. I think he's a he's a great player, good guy. Every now and then we've seen him at the uh, at the um, uh, rink. I think I saw him on TV last game. So I, I love Cam Ward. I love any memory of him. He was the one shining spot, I think, of this organization, him and Eric Stahl through the dark ages as you call them um so that, you know that's it's easy to have memories of cam ward amazing saves um i mean you know he's just an, an awesome player a great player for this team when he played um and i'm still a firm believer that his his number should be in the rafters yeah definitely that was a really a great memory and um it's just awesome seeing um, favorite memories uh, from other Hurricane fans, too, because it's awesome getting those thoughts. So, yeah. Uh, well, we will see you guys uh, next week. Oh, and one more thing. Um, if you like this episode, please rate, comment, and subscribe so you never miss another episode. And if you want to keep up to date... Please follow us on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we hope to see you guys next week. Have a good week. Let's go, Kansas.